Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, this is Jonathan Messenger. As you know, I'm on vacation right now, but I sent this in to Bebop to hope that he'll put in front of the next episode of Bebop Tales, and I just have my fingers crossed that he'll do it. But just a couple quick things. I want to talk to the grown-ups for a second. The first thing I want to say is that a lot of people have written in and said that they really like the aspect of the show where it draws on sort of classic or even contemporary children's literature. And so I made a Finn Caspian reading list, and you can find those books at fincaspian.com slash books. And that's a list of every single book that either influenced or was referenced in the story. So if you want to check that out, that's at fincaspian.com slash books. I also want to tell you that fincaspian.threadless.com is up. So we have shirts for sale. A couple of people have written in and say they want Finn Caspian shirts. So those shirts are there at fincaspian.threadless.com or at fincaspian.com. And you can see the store link on there. And all the proceeds from the sales of those shirts from now until the end of the year will go to Doctors Without Borders. Okay, that's it. Bebop, please don't do anything, you know... With my voice, I've been hearing from people that you're doing impressions of me or something. I haven't heard the episodes yet. But please don't do anything weird, okay? Thanks. Hi everyone, this is Bebop Robomogo Wanatron here, and you're listening to Bebop Tales, the stories from my life that have had the greatest impact on the world. Well, not your world, not yet, but a world. My world, the world I lived on before I came here to be the introbot for the alien adventures of Finn Caspian, otherwise known as the miniseries between the Bebop Tales episodes. Now, in the last couple episodes, you've heard about some heroic moments in my life. The time I saved my home planet from the Warlock Baron's evil art scheme, and the time I stopped his mutant whale army from taking over a resort town. So this story takes us in a bit of a different direction, and I think you're going to like it. The question came from Mateo in Chicago, who wanted to know if I've ever fought armored pandas before. But of course, before we get into the story, let me see if I can get my Jonathan Messenger voice going. <clears throat> okay, I've been working on it all week. Hey, I'm Jonathan Messenger. No way, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Wait a second, I'm Jonathan Messenger over here. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I like podcasts. Okay, okay, hold on one second. Here we go, here we go. Ham. I'm Jonathan Messingham. I don't know what is up with that ham thing. I gotta get that fixed. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. Finally. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I only listen to the music I like. <laughs> My robot is a really, really great singer. There it is. I got it. Now, whoops. Slipped up there. Okay, here we go. Episode 3 of Bebop Tales... Codebreaker. Dr. Percolator turned to Bebop and Whip. Thank you for joining me here on the Percocopter. The what? The Percocopter. Not word I know. It's it's a portmanteau, okay? Two words put together. Percolator, helicopter, percocopter, percocopter. Bebop and Whip looked at each other. I guess it's better than hella later. The three friends were soaring over the ocean. I suppose you're both wondering where we're going, and why I rushed you onto the Percocopter to begin with. We're flying to a large, beautiful island known as the Octanian Isle. 
It's about 300 miles of choppy ocean from the volcanic island where Baron makes his home. In other words, it's as close as we can get to Baron without knocking on his door. What there? Old friends, said the doctor. Well, you know, old friends in the sense that the enemy of your enemy is also your friend, you know what I mean? No. No. Look, the king of Octanian is named Matthias, and he has been battling Baron for decades. I think it's time we paid him a visit. So why are there only two of us coming with you? Well, you can't just show up at a panda's castle with an army, said Dr. Percolator. We're just here to talk. Whip, I need you for your knowledge of Baron Bebop, because you are the handsomest, bravest, kindest, most persuasive, smartest, sharpest, shiniest, humblest, best driver, most accomplished mini-golfer. Please, please, Doctor, we don't have time for this, said Bebop, noticing the castle growing closer below them. Although I know you could go on. I really could, said the Doctor. The percocopter touched down on one of the parapets. The Doctor and the robots disembarked and waved to the pilot as he flew away. Everything about the castle was enormous. They'd seen a giant door in the front, windows twice the size of any in the homes of their town, and the parapet where they stood cast a shadow that stretched across the acres of fields that surrounded the castle. In the far corner of the parapet stood a panda bear, clad in plated armor, and waving an arm for them to follow him in through a door. Without speaking, the bear took them down into an enormous stone room, lined with treasure, stained glass windows, painted the floors in oranges, reds, and blues. An enormous bear, clad in a crown and a deep purple robe, sat on a giant throne, staring at them. Silence! He yelled. We didn't even say anything. Silence! Well, have you nothing to say for yourself, Percolator? Yeah, I do. It's just that you said Silence! The king stood and walked toward the three friends. Well, come on, out with it. We have an all day. What are you here to say? Are you going to yell silence again? Asked the doctor. Silence? No, I mean, no. Go ahead, speak. We're here because we know that Baron is getting stronger again, said the doctor. We sent him down into his volcano at the end of the Great War. Yes, yes. Your little art eater saved us all. Of course I remember. Quite unusual. Would have thought eating art was a useless skill. Well, can't be too useless if I saved the whole world with it, could it? Huh? Oh, so it was you. What do they call you, tiny one? See? Tiny, said Whip. Listen, you are to keep away from my art collection while you are a guest in my castle. It is priceless, and I don't want any of it disappearing into your stomach. The king waved a hand and Bebop saw for the first time that the hall was filled with portraits of the king. The king playing tennis... The king swimming in a pool, the king lying asleep on a beach towel, a fish dangling from his mouth. Yeah, that's okay. I think I actually lost my appetite. Matthias, please, you have to listen to us, said the doctor. We had another skirmish with agents of Baron just a few days ago. He's getting stronger, and you know your castle could be next. We're here to help you. (laughs) Help? Help us? I think you mean you're here to convince us to help you. Look around. We have dozens of armed guards just in this room. Surely we don't need your help. Well, fine, said the doctor. Think of it as you helping us to help you. Never, but perhaps something could be arranged. Maybe we help you help us helping you. Matthias, you've always been too proud for your own good. 
I'll tell you what. We'll help you help us help you while helping us. No. We help you help us help you help us while helping you. No, 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 no. We help you help us help you help us help you while helping us. That's not how it's going to work. We help you help us help you help us help you help us help you help us help you while helping you help us while we help you helping us. The doctor and the king looked at each other. The door to the king's room flew open. A young panda running in. Your highness, it's robots. They're breaking down the door. Percolator, are these yours? Is this an ambush? Not ours, said the doctor. And they all rushed out onto a balcony and saw a group of black robots battling pandas out in the tall grass. So what do you say? We help each other, said the doctor to the king. Hmm, how about we help you help us help each other? Uh, yeah, sure, that's a deal, said the doctor. Bebop and Whip were each paired off with a panda to help fight Baron's robot army. Whip was paired with a young, strong panda who immediately jumped off the balcony and into the thick of the battle. Whip leapt and followed him down. So long, Tidy! Hello there, young feller. Name's Basil. Basil Stagbear. Bebop looked at the panda with the gray fur. Been through a few battles, have you, Basil? That's right. And a few more till I'm done. Watch it now. And Basil was gone. There you are. Basil popped up on the other side of Bebop. Ooh, your name's Tiny, is it? No, it's not. This way, Tiny. No time to delay. What, what? Basil disappeared again. Where did you... Over here, Tiny. What, what? No time to waste. Bebop ran out onto a landing with winding stairs going up and down. Basil popped up two floors below him. Come on, Tiny. There's a good chance. Let's go. Bebop started down the steps. Come on now, Tiny. You'll have to do better than that. It was Basil, head peeking out over the railing two floors above him. Bebop turned to climb back up the stairs. What now, young one? Where are you going? Bebop spun around but couldn't see Basil anywhere. Where are you, you old bear? Who are you calling all? It was Basil, clasped onto Bebop as if getting a piggyback ride. Now, march! Basil rode Bebop down to the main floor of the castle. Though it must have been very regal and elegant at one time, it had now been torn apart and singed by Baron's robots, three of which turned to face Bebop and Basil. The old bear jumped down from Bebop's back and drew a sword. Now we stand and fight, Tiny. The three robots, black with red eyes beaming, began to whir. Stop, little art eater and disappearing bear. Huh, I think that's us. Did I say stand and fight? Said Basil. I meant run and scream. Ah! The old bear took off down a hallway, Bebop trailing behind him. They found themselves in a central chamber with hallways running left, right, front, and back. Which way? Said Bebop. Identify targets, old and tiny. Okay, I think I know how we can beat them. But you're going to have to move quickly, and you're going to have to move like me. Okay. First, we turn right, said Basil. He disappeared, but Bebop ran as fast as he could, and when Basil reappeared, Bebop was right beside him. Good, young one. You're learning quickly. And now we go up. Basil ran up the stairs, and Bebop zipped behind him. He hadn't expected the castle to be such a maze. Now left! Basil's voice called out, but Bebop kept it in high gear, and every time Basil called out an instruction, Bebop was keeping up with him, until it seemed like they were making the decisions together. Right, up, down, left, up, left again. Bebop and Basil emerged outside, having lost the robots back in the maze of the castle. As they walked out into the tall grass, they spotted a giant black box tucked into the edge of the forest. Checking to make sure the coast was clear, they approached it quietly. They could hear a distinct thrumming coming from the box. It seems like some sort of generator, what what? Said Basil. Or maybe something boosting a signal. Maybe this is what's controlling those robots. Only one way to find out. 
Basil took out his sword to destroy the box, but no matter how hard he sliced and chopped, he couldn't make a dent in it. Targets, Art Eater and Old Bear, stop or we will destroy you. Bebop raced around the other side of the box as the robots fired at him. Basil stood his ground and did his best to distract the box. Bebop noticed a small panel low on the back of the box. He opened up the tiny door and there were four buttons, each with an arrow pointing up, down, left, and right. No numbers, no letters, just arrows. The entire robot army had fled the castle and had turned to stop them. Well, at least we know we're onto something here. Bebop shouted to Basil. This looks like some sort of combination code to open up the box. Okay, then, said the bear, deflecting more laser beams with his sword. You're a robot. Run a program or something and crack the code. I... I, I don't know how, said Bebop. If it were a sculpture or, or maybe a nice still-life painting, I could eat it, but I'm no code breaker. Well, then, said Basil, as more and more robots descended upon them. Then, tiny friend of mine, we are certainly doomed. Now, I know what you're going to say. Obviously, you're not doomed, Bebop. You're here telling us this story. And maybe that's true. Or maybe I'm Bebop 2.0, and the original Bebop never made it off that weird panda island. Either way, I need your help. The key to figuring out the combination on that big box is actually hidden in the story. Do you think you know what it is? If not, go back and listen, and maybe you'll pick up on it. A lot of you solved Jonathan's spider riddle back in Saffride's belly. But this one is a little bit trickier. If you think you can solve it, email earth at fincaspian.com and we'll see what happens in the next episode of Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Sometimes you can't rhyme because you're being chased by robots. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Okay, so let's see what's on today's menu. Looks like today I'm going to eat a drawing by six-year-old Nate from Melbourne, Australia, who drew the five-headed Bob monster and the pink castle from episodes six and seven of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian miniseries, which was happening before Bebop Tales came on. This looks delicious. And then six-year-old Sam from Ohio has sent in a buffet of a drawing with the Marlowe, Foggy, Finn, and an asteroid belt. I better pace myself with this one, or I won't have room for the two drawings that six-year-old Gabriel from Madison, Wisconsin sent in, and he drew Finn and the Marlowe in one, and then Bunce and Linda on the other. Linda is the electric alien, if you remember, and this drawing looks a little dangerous, but I've never met a work of art I couldn't eat. Thank you all so much for sending in your art. You can see those up at fincaspian.com. So thanks to Nate, Sam, and Gabriel for their drawings. And here's a joke from Malcolm, who is six years old. Two space muffins sitting in the oven. One muffin said, It's getting pretty hot in here, don't you think, space alien muffin? And the other one said, Holy cow, it's an alien talking muffin. (laughs) Thank you for that, Malcolm. I can't tell you how much I love that joke. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks again to Nate, Sam, Gabriel, Malcolm for sending everything in. And remember, anything that you want to send our way, be it art, a sound, or a joke, email earth at fincaspian.com. And please do see if you can solve that riddle. Otherwise, I may just disappear.
I'm still here. But, you know, please do help me out. Thanks. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.